0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Keith and Mike. Watch Deep Space Nine. Oh, boy, do we have an episode to talk about today because we are talking about Season 2, Episode 23, Crossover. So here we are in the mirror, Keith and Mike universe. Look out, everything is a little backwards. How's it going, Mike?
1: Keith, it's going great, man. I'm so excited to be with you today. Uh, Things are flipped. Things are flopped. But one Mm. thing you can guarantee, it's going to be a hot mess.
0: It's definitely going to be a hot mess because that's our truth on either side of the universe. It's universal, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know what else is universal, Mike? What's that? Our patrons who are supporting our show, and we are very grateful to them. Mike, who are we grateful to right now? And what are they getting?
1: Yeah, well, we're always grateful. To everyone watching, not just our patrons, but especially our patrons, let's be honest, that's Brian Coffin, Casey Clark, Jason Moe, Andrew Hayes, show me those toonies, Jorge Novoa, and the mysterious Worf's Boot shivs. Uh open that, pop that top, yeah. Care, CRM Productions, Charles Babudge, Nikolai Ivanovich Lobachevsky, at Grim Toys Delusions, at 12 p.m., they get all kinds of bonus stuff, Keith. The producers on the show, that's first and foremost. They get us playing video games first before the YouTube masses. They get all kinds of uh, behind-the-scenes. We're going to watch another animated episode coming up soon. We're going to watch a TNG because Mike needs to know the first flip-flop episode through the wormhole. It's going to be
0: an original series.
1: Yeah, I, I got a little confused. Uh, but anyway, they get a lot of good stuff, and they get our unwavering love and support.
0: Nope, indeed. Wow. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Just in buttons. Look, we told you we're going to be a hot mess, and we keep our promises. Uh, yeah. So there's there's lots to talk about in this episode, and so you know I debated whether or not to make watch make Mike watch the first crossover. Um, from the original series, which I I, I guess I probably should have uh, if you were a little bit confused by what happened, but there's they there did, wasn't they do re- enough exhibition exposition dumping, but. I don't they do some
1: exhibition as well. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's true. As a matter of fact, <laughs> but I, I did get a little confused uh, just with the Kirk and Spock stuff, uh, right? Like it's it felt like they, like somebody was left behind and never. I didn't quite get it, but you know. yeah,
0: I mean, basically, to, to very very quickly, uh, so Kirk gets zapped into this alternate dimension, right, mm-hmm. where the like you know, it's it's evil spock it's evil evil everybody on the ship they're part of the Terran empire and uh basically he he is able to get himself back uh, mm-hmm. along with Scotty and Uhura, but before he does he sort of implants the idea that maybe being you know a evil isn't a good idea to spock who takes his place as captain and then spock becomes the president of the of whatever and then they become they, but all we really know is Kirk gets back and he puts in some of the our ideals into Spock's head in the mirror universe. That's all we get from that episode. OK. And so all of this is an extrapolation on literally just him saying some stuff to Spock. OK. So which is why I didn't think it was absolutely necessary because you know, I'm debating will the, the coolness of the reveal of what's happening, you know, of like the where are we? This is crazy. Everything's backwards. It Will that be more fun? Not knowing, not having seen that, or having seen that. So, eh, we'll see. So, uh, I think we should talk about the episode, yeah? Yeah, let's do this thing. Let's get into it. So, this episode aired on May 15th, 1994. And uh, our top song, you know what? Uh, If you were in the mirror universe, Mm. these things would give you the opposite directions. Uh, But if you wanted to be the ace of bass, you might be looking for, Mike...
1: Keith, I saw the sign, but it told me to go left when I should have gone right, because I was in a mere universe. Nothing can flip me up, it can flip me upside down, and then I'll have Cisco feed me some grapes, and I guess bang me a lot.
0: Okay, well, hey, look, sounds sounds good. Oh, <laughs> all right. The top movie, uh, interesting that this is the top movie, in the same week uh, that we see charges coming from the accidental firing mm. of the uh, the movie by oh, Alec crow? Baldwin, the Crow was the top movie this week. Uh, so good movie, tragic movie, but uh, really really fun. It was very influential, in- including uh, into the world of wrestling. You had the Crow Sting soon after this. Yeah,
1: man, Sting sure sting. didn't uh, sure didn't want to do a lot of. Uh original thinking. Listen, here's my crow story, Keith. Um, uh-huh. Oddly, I had a friend, John, I'll, I'll leave his last name out of it. We, we, I remember we all went to see this movie together and they all got real stoned, right? We were like 14, right? Uh huh. Uh, I, not me. Cause I was a very straight edge kid. And so I felt really weird about it. And then the movie was really weird and dark. And I, and I haven't seen the crow since that movie experience. It's the first time because all the tragedy, and I just like yeah. I haven't seen it. And I all I remember about the Crow, I mean, it looked cool. It was all cool, but I was thoroughly confused. Have no, had no living idea what that movie was about.
0: I think I've only seen it. I mean, it's just like a revenge. He was you like, know, yeah, because he was like story. dead, right? It was like basically a yeah, yeah, yeah. ghost. <laughs> it
1: was like yeah, goth he was ghost. like
0: some sort of a. He was he was a goth. Yes, he he was a goth ghost. Uh, I, I I think I've only ever seen it once too. Um, I do remember liking it. Yeah. But I didn't watch any of the the sequels or any of that stuff. But anyway, The Crow, if it's 1994, there's your chance to see it. Yeah. Uh, but if you didn't, if you decided not to go out with your stoned teenage friends and you stayed home, what would you be watching?
1: Keith, had you stayed home, uh, you actually had some good good selections I'm going to tell you all about right now. Of course, we're going to start with that Sunday market. Mm. Do you know on ABC, Keith, at 830, which is weird that the the... Sunday Night Movie started at 8.30? Actually, 8.25. Well, that's because Before They Were Stars was airing an episode on ABC. Uh, it was like their prime time Before They Were Stars show, uh, but the movie was Terminator 2, Judgment Day, the first wow. network airing of Ooh, Terminator that, 2, Judgment Day. I bet Day. that got good ratings. So that's what was airing there. But it was coming up against a murderous muse on Murder, She Wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CBS Sunday Night Movie was... My Breast.
0: Oh, well, you know, if anything can compete with Terminator 2, I might, I might you know, go for, yep. for a peek. Well, Keith, we're backing up last week's Fox on
1: Ice Part 1 of 2. With this week, mm-hmm. Fox had their special Fox on Ice Part 2 of 2.
0: And Now, now what was on ice? Uh, I Was it just Fox? They, yeah, just just Fox. It was like Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm skating. Oh. Keep, yeah, I'm sure we'll be Gary happy. Clinton's it was destroying probably America. Fox properties.
1: It was probably like a dude in a Simpsons mask and all kinds oh, of stuff. Okay. But it uh, it just so Terminator Two Judgment Day that night pulled an 18.2 in the ratings, and Fox on Ice pulled a 4.2. Oh, so okay. Didn't but Keith, I know what you're asking. What was the NBC yeah. Sunday night movie? And that was obviously, of course, Tears and Laughter: The Joan and Melissa Rivers Story. Oh, wow. Let me see quickly if there's anything cool on the Saturday night. Uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, and no, MacGyver, oh. The Lost Treasure of Atlantis. That was brand new. Mo- it was a movie. It was a two and a half hour movie. Ooh. MacGyver movie. Wow. And then, Keith, the Bob Hope special was on Birthday Memories on NBC. Mm.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. No. All right. I wa- I watched me some Walker, Texas Ranger uh, back in... Oh, no, it's 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 terrible and, and has grown increasingly so in context but uh, I, I certainly enjoyed his like his like super ninja kicks and his super tight tight jeans which means he could only kicks people in the knees yeah well okay That's as far as i can go all right anyway <laughs> let's uh let's stop with the chicanery and get to the important parts of this uh the news from the weekly world news mike have you heard of it have you seen it I have, to it, th- but I have to tell you. Wait, hold mm. on. Stall, 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 okay, stall, we're stall, stall, stall. We're stalling. You know what? A, a certain form. I, 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 It's been out for years, but I don't think I really clocked it until, uh, until Bob Woodard helped us all know. The legendary Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist pointed out that maybe a certain former president didn't need one of these. It's a magic potty. With incredible gizmos making doctors obsolete. It is a $30,000 toilet that checks your temperature, blood pressure, pulse, and 128 other things you can check from below. Well, so, I uh... So, so, I mean, I'm surprised you don't already have one of these, Mike. A, with your, with your bidet obsessions mm-hmm. and your technology obsession, why don't you have a magic potty?
1: Yeah, because it turns out the only thing I need from a potty is a stream of water straight up my... <laughs>
0: uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. This has it's gotten I mean, uncomfortable, yeah. <laughs> you know? Be one of those well, phases. speaking of those like the if you're watching this on youtube and not in the podcast we flipped right we we're, yep. we're mirrored and i keep looking so over to my i'm on the wrong side yeah. and i'm so confused i'm <laughs> utterly confused by being on the wrong side of this pretend thing that we're doing i had to move the the monitor that i watch to a different different angle so that i could get my eye line right it's very yeah. strange anyway you know, these mirror universes are very expensive. It's, it's tricky, it's tricky. But the person who had to helm this expensive episode was David Livingston, who last directed The McKee part one. It has a teleplay by Peter Allen Fields, who last wrote Blood Oath, and Michael Piller, showrunner with a story by Peter Allen Fields. Which means it is time to get into the trivia, Mike. Now, Keith, waste your time with trivial trivia Bing. You know on my uh YouTube channel at Keith Varney where uh, some of my work is now available for you to take a listen to uh, uh our our friend Sans Deity uh said that that jingle uh, was the greatest piece of music ever composed I believe was how he put it uh, Sure
1: yeah I, I think so, that that's uh, I think Lydia Tar would agree
0: <laughs> I can't that's uh you know uh Sometimes you're followed around by the things you don't expect. So, uh, anyway, it made me laugh out loud. Thank you for listening. All right, so in our trivial trivia, uh mirror Odo has a belt. And Renee liked it so much that he asked that his his outfit uniform be closer to the mirror uniform which would have been so much cooler but he did at least get his belt moving forward so stick around for season 3 odo's going to get a belt oh, that's cool very uh very also exciting also
1: awesome when he gets like splattered
0: oh super cool yeah super super cool uh so for the um let let's talk about you know the scene we're all thinking about that is the Milthback bath sequence the milf uh so the milf bath. the uh not yet <laughs> a couple of years uh so the uh so this uh they they built this huge sort of hot tub dealy for her and mm-hmm. the crew was like so nice about it and they made her like a nice hot bath uh for Nana visitor and they made it smell nice so they put a few drops of orange oil in it it was really nice and had a nice smell and it was going to soften her skin but uh, during rehearsals, it of course so so when you're on television and you're nude, you're usually and, and you're not like showing it, you usually have some coverage. So you you throw on some cones, you throw on some pasties or whatever, so you're you're covered even though you appear to be fully nude. Uh and so uh you know, so she had her her, her cones on, but during rehearsals all of a sudden they start popping off. Oh no. All the time and she can they can't figure out why they won't stay on. Uh, so she asked, hey, ask the makeup you know, department, hey, what what takes the glue off of these cones? And they're like, orange oil, which the crew put in the water to make it smell nice. Oh, uh, there you go. Keep now, you know, now, you know, now, you know. So keep uh, be, be judicious with your orange oil when you're wearing uh, modesty cones. Lo- uh, local
1: man in Rahway, New Jersey starts pouring orange oil in all public pools. Details to follow at eleven. It
0: doesn't take off bathing suits. It's only no. if they're just wearing pasties. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you, you ever been to Jersey, Keith? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but would you want to see them? Yeah, it's a have good you ever been to Jersey, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and okay. So uh, also that tub that they built for Kira is used in the movie Star Trek Insurrection. Mm. So they reduced, reused, recycled it. For a scene, uh spoiler alert with uh, two of our main next generation cast members Star Trek, Keith's Erection. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time I've been wildly uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I feel like I'm back now. I've, I've adjusted. Okay. I've adjusted. He's back. He's back. Bizarro Mike's uh- a
0: comedian? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, this is the first mirror episode, as we talked, since the original series Mirror Mirror, which was the only mirror episode uh, that had appeared previous to this one. Although they had continually pitched doing a mirror episode on Next Generation, it just never panned out. Uh, so, we got our first one here on Deep Space Nine. According to director David Livingston, it is also one of the most expensive episodes they'd ever done, uh, due mainly to the makeup. Oh, interesting. Um, because it was, a it, on on the station, it was run by Cardassians, Klingons, and Bajorans. Um, so you needed to have a whole mess of extras in full Cardassian, in full Klingon. Well, I feel
1: like they had to kind of redo all the sets, too, right?
0: And yeah. they had to do set alterations. Um, so they had to, everything, everything had to be a little bit different. Everything had to be changed. The lights had to be swapped out. And, of course, the... The swing set of the mine was very expensive as well. Swing set means they have a they have a set there that they just change around and make it do different things. Um, so, but they had to build the whole mine and light that and all, and so that was very very expensive. And lastly, uh, because Mike be, because Mike responsibly did not spoil himself with the deep space nine companion. Thanks for the warnings. Yes, thank you. Uh, with our now official. Warnings, spoiler. Uh, Was that Delusions at Noon is is who who does that? I believe so. Yeah, nice. Thank you uh, for your service. Uh, So lastly, they originally planned for Worf to be on this episode. And we see Mirror Worf, but he was not available because he was filming. Um, So his part, his track went to Garrick. (laughs) Uh, But that would have been Worf when this was happening. So uh, you want to know why Michael Dorn wasn't available. That's because over on the next generation, uh, they were airing preemptive strike. Another one we should probably watch Mike, because this one is uh, an episode in which Ensign Rowe, who is Bajoran, uh, who is the proto Kira uh, goes undercover to infiltrate the Maquis. Oh, okay. and then is torn in her loyalties. Um, So it's a it's a good one uh, that is also, you know, it's it's laying track for Voyager, but it's also helping fill in some of the gaps in our understanding of the McKee in our Deep Space Nine world. So our guest stars this week include Andrew Robinson back as Garrick. uh, Awesome. John Cothran Jr. as Takak. Uh, who also did The Chase in Next Generation and The Shipment on Enterprise, Steven Givadon as Klingon number 1, Jack R. Roran as Human, and Dennis Madalone as the One-Eyed Marauder, who uh, that is a person you have seen a billion times and you just don't know it. He has done a gazillion stunt and background performances on all Trek Uh, With Next Generation, he has stood in and done stunts for almost all of the male cast members of everything you've ever seen and is a frequent background uh, actor in various alien makeups. But he gets a character here and he gets a line, but he only gets one eye. All right. And they spit in it still. And they they do. They do. It's rude. (coughs) So, Mike, what do you say we hop into our mirror screening room? And, uh, get into this episode.
1: Yeah, dude. We gotta do it.
0: I'm excited. Okay, Mike. So we begin crossover in our universe with Bashir and Kira heading back through the wormhole. Yeah, we get it's gonna happen. There it is. There they are.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, it's so, funny because I, because we're flipped on the screen, I know you mentioned this already, but it's funny. Yeah, I keep expecting things to be in a different place than they are, which I can't explain to anyone. But it it's really throwing me. So I couldn't, it's I couldn't, me fi- too. I couldn't find the button.
0: Apologize. Well, because I I'm frequently... Obviously, we're in different places, right? But we we see each other on the mm-hmm. screen. See this? We we see exactly what you see on YouTube, um, and so that is my reference point as well. So I'm constantly looking at Mike because of the nonverbal communication we do here as we're broadcasting. Well, and I usually and all put the-
1: my monitor, my like viewing monitor, over here so that it looks as if I'm referencing in your direction. Mm-hmm. But I guess I got to do this. this
0: week. And and I keep looking. Where I think you're going to be, and then I see me, and it's very distracting. Uh,
1: you're you're a handsome, handsome man. It's
0: it's I'm I'm too handsome. I think that's really the problem. It's very distracting. Uh, but you want to know who else is too handsome? That is our Bashir, who is chatting up Kira. Uh, so they're heading. They've been uh, back in the Gamma Quadrant. Remember the Gamma Quadrant? Yeah, it used to be a big thing, but they've apparently set up the first Bajoran colony. In the Gamma Quadrant. I wonder what happened to that. Uh, but it's it's interesting that they put a colony over in the Gamma Quadrant. Uh, and we learn a couple of things. One, uh, that Kira meditates, mm-hmm. not surprisingly, and Bashir is still annoying. Yeah. Uh also not a surprise, if add a female person in the cockpit, he is gonna be annoying. And I wonder behind the scenes if they'd started dating yet when they filmed this scene um that would have been really interesting to wait it's none of my they, business i didn't know that they were dating they got married
1: well why, why would i know that uh, you we told talked me about you it specifically before. not to read anything
0: we've specifically talked about the fact that they uh, well they, i specifically didn't listen to you <laughs> <laughs> you know it's because i'm too handsome you get distracted I understand. I, I understand. Am,
1: uh, have a magic power of, of capturing a screenshot with people's eyes closed. <laughs>
0: oh, man, <laughs> just this is like how they want to be represented forever. So, uh, yes. So anyway, uh, Bashir asks her out. And mercifully, something goes horribly wrong when they go through the wormhole to break that out. So they zoom out of the wormhole to discover, uh-oh, the station is missing. And they do eventually find it, and it's orbiting Bajor, back where it was before they moved it in Emissary. Then a giant Klingon ship shows up and two Klingons board the shuttle. When they spot Kira, they start backing away immediately and beam out. So they arrive at the station to find Garak and two Klingons holding phasers on her. Then uh, look out. There's a second Kira wearing tight black pleather. And Keith, I knew something was up because she was carrying graph
1: paper. Did you see that just off just off frame? She was carrying graph paper. I think
0: she's plotting something. Wait. So you went that far? So she wasn't holding graph paper. No, no, no.
1: It's just, it, I, it's a joke. A friend told me the other day, and I was like, oh, I got to tell keep that dad joke. Uh, and I just decided and this is how I was going to get it
0: in. Mike will walk 10,000 <laughs> miles for a joke that's not really funny. Yes, <laughs> do Did you sass me. That's amazing. Because I was like, oh, did, did I not spot that? Did she have her script in her hand and they didn't catch it? No. No, no, no. We're doing a graph paper joke. Anyway, so uh, we end our teaser with second Kira. So here's where it's here's the fun part, right? Yeah. So, Mike, not having seen the previous crossover, what are you thinking at this point?
1: Well, you see, the director made did very uh, there's this like television trope that really started in the 60s Batman television series. Batman. you know, Keith, did you know how uh, Bruce Wayne's mom called him for dinner? Or supper? Dinner, 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 dinner Batman. And Mike will go 10,000 <laughs> miles for a joke that's not that funny. So they did this thing where all the, whenever the bad guys would be on screen or be in the bad guy lair, they would kind of tilt the camera and do an upshot, mm-hmm. which they started using early on in this episode to kind of let me know, hey, we're in an alternate space or an alternate dimension, an alternate place, and uh, this Kira is going to be a bad guy. Now, it wasn't just the camera angle. I mean, the pleather suit and uh, shit- uh, eating grin let me know that she's probably a baddie. So uh, I, I I kind of was able to summarize what was happening without- really getting too much context
0: you can tell she's a baddie by how much friggin fun nana visitor is having uh-huh. uh in that part so uh we begin in act one bashir asks naturally where the heck are we and garrick explains that this is Terek nor the center of the bajoran authority mike did you remember what the Tarek what Tarek nor is no Tarek Nor is the previous name for Deep Space Nine when the Cardassians owned it. Yeah, the dark lighting gave it away eventually. Yes. So, uh, Kira realizes something is up and smartly tries to make a run for it. But other Kira seems to know exactly what's going on, interestingly. And, uh, she takes our Kira and sends Bashir off to the mines, as any sensible person would. Kira... The Kira's walk on the promenade, and it's all different, dark, and angry. The humans, Terrans, are slaves, (laughs) and the Klingons, Bajorans, and and Cardassians are all in charge. Mirror, mirror, it's going to be the nightmare to Mm -hmm. say out the hundred times. Mirror Kira and Mirror Garrick debate torturing a Terran who tried to escape. Garrick wants to go all Patriot act on him, but Mirror Kira says nah. Uh, I wrote that so many times, that's going to be a struggle bus. How
1: about MK? Can we, can we MK? agree that MK is Mirror
0: Kira? I, I think making me say Mirror Kira is yeah, going to be fun. fun. If you happen to be yeah.
1: watching this past five o'clock, every time Keith messes up Mirror Kira, go ahead and take a take a
0: drink. It's It sounds like I've already taken the drink, but I haven't. <laughs> it's 1.30 here. It is 130. Uh So uh, Mirror Kerr is the intendant, and she is in charge of the station. We discover Mirror O'Brien working on the mines while Mirror Odo is the hard-ass guard. He says, no jokes, and I definitely like his dark uniform better than the one he wears 100%. in the normal universe, as did he. I mean, how much friggin' cooler... It, they just changed the color. It's the same cut. I will say, not it, that stupid it does. Tan and brown. It,
1: especially in him in this costume does really harken to S- Star Trek costuming, Star Wars costuming. The bad, the mm-hmm. the, the imperial, Very imperial, the imperial. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was going to say wizard, but that's incorrect.
0: Uh, the imperial guard. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, he, I, I do think. Uh, actually now looking at the screenshot and part of it is the lighting and the character or whatever, but like, I think Odo needed to be in sort of tan and Brown, a non-threatening color because he's pretty scary wearing black like this. Yeah. hundred percent. So I think it would have been a harder lift for us not to be scared of that character. uh, If he was in this color. So anyway, we head to Cisco slash mirror Kira's office and she is of course entranced by our kira she explains what happened and this is where it was good for mike to to hear this mm-hmm. we're in the mirror universe from the original series episode mirror 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 kira recaps the episode and all that really matters is that kirk turned mirror spock good so then this is new information in deep space nine not from the original series mirror Spock became the head of the Terran empire Mm. and tried to make them good, but twist star Trek twist being good. It also made them weak and they got taken over by the Alliance, the Alliance between the Cardassians and the Klingons, which is fascinating, Hmm. right? From, from a, from a Star Trek point of view, you know, being, you know, being, being good guys, having democracy, not being imperialistic monsters. Uh, and from that episode, right. We're, 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 we're trying to inject our values into that system. Uh, turns out, uh, nope, you guys got wiped out and now you're all slaves. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, and I, I think that's a cool, I think it's a cool twist.
0: It's, oh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And I'm, I'm, I think it's a, it's also a story that probably would not have been allowed when Gene Roddenberry was alive. Mm. I don't think he would have, he would have gone dark like that. Cause it's dark. Um, but we're on deep space nine, man, we get dark. So uh, yeah. So our Kira naturally, I want to go home, but mirror Kira doesn't, doesn't know how. And she says that the, uh, the protocols that she's, <laughs> she says that we have protocols for this situation because The people in this universe, because of the impact that that one crossover had, are much more aware of Mm -hmm. that having Mm -hmm. happened than people in our universe. So they're all, we know exactly what's going on. And they have protocols that uh, if you see somebody cross over, kill them. If you see something, kill something. If you see something, kill something, which sounds like a mirror place. So so anyway, uh, but she doesn't want to because Intendant Kira doesn't have a taste for violence. She's very reasonable. So our Kira tries to manipulate Mirror Kira by asking if she can teach her, teach her, meaning our Kira, to become the leader of her Bajor. Sort of getting the sort of imperialist feel and like, yeah, that's what I want too. And she tries to keep Bashir alive by calling him an arrogant Terran in need of a dose of reality uh nana visitor does an amazing job of creating two distinct characters here even if the eyelines don't always line up i'll say this Um, though
1: yeah we'll talk about it later probably what i love about this scene mostly is that most television speaking of tropes a lot of tv even movies at this point in the pacing of the episode we'll have our character our protagonist say something dumb or get themselves yep. in trouble or stumble over themselves but the fact that kira is smart enough to instantly recognize i need to play defense and mm-hmm. i need to obfuscate and i need to uh, get on her good side or she's trying different like tactics even though right away uh, antagonist kira recognizes Come on, say that it, in her yeah uh, and mira kira <laughs> recognizes it in her it's still it's still a standoff a tete a tete if you will and it's exactly how kira would behave and it doesn't slow the plot, doesn't hurt the plot for her to be trying different angles. It's 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 great, I think it's
0: well, a I, great I, choice. I, I completely agree because honestly, both sides here are already on step two. Mm-hmm. They're already smarter. So Mirror Kira knows exactly who she is, knows exactly what's happened. We don't have like, who are you? Why is there two of me? bro? Right, <laughs> right, right. And our Kira al- can, can sense you know she's she's been there she's like oh i know this is a dystopian crazy pants and everyone's all imperialistic let me use that so i'm not gonna like yeah it just everybody's on step two yep so we fast forward through those steps which allows us to get much further along the story in 45 minutes it's great it's it's good stuff so uh mirror kira gets our kira some quarters and says i'll call you later boo and that brings us to act two we go to the mines And Arakira comes to inspect the mine. She's able to talk to Bashir. And once she mentions Kirk, he figures out what's going on. Because as a Federation, or as a Starfleet officer, he was uh, read in to what happened there. In a way that Kira wouldn't be, because she's Bajoran. Uh, So... Bashir remembers that Kirk got... Oh, that is... Got- ex- okay,
1: that... Okay, because what I was a little confused about when we got the Expo dump was mm. why Kira was oblivious to Kirk because Kirk is the most famous of famous. That makes sense. He's
0: he's famous to humans, humans in Starfleet. Yeah. She's not a part of Starfleet. Yeah. So, um, so why would she? So uh, luckily, Bashir remembers that Kirk got to the Mirror Universe in a transporter accident, and that might be the way home. So who knows transporters? Of course, O'Brien. So he goes to talk to Mirror O'Brien. So later, Kira, who is given sort of free reign to wander around, which is interesting, um, goes to Quarks, who's running the bar in this universe as well. She chats him up and asks him for secret help to get a transporter. And he can help, but he doesn't want latinum. Doesn't even know what it is. What he wants is the ability to send folks to our universe.
1: So, so they know that a transporter mishap or a transporter was involved in the MacGuffin of how the whole thing happened. Uh, Of how they crossed over, but we don't know how or what the the mechanism of it.
0: No, and we didn't. We didn't really in uh, in the originals. It it was never really just. It it goes under the Star Trek transporter malfunction, Uh of which just. Weird stuff happens when you transport, and some sort of a something something, and technobabble. Technobabble is what caused them to cross over, and so they all know something like that happened. Um. So, uh, but uh, this quark just wants to help people escape this dystopia. So uh, then, Mirror Garrick shows up and arrests Quark for helping people escape the station. Uh oh, but then. Look look out in Saunter's mirror Cisco. And he starts slinging drinks in Quark's place. Uh back. So
1: I know so we, uh <clears throat> Avery Brooks is like, Do you have any direction for me? And they're like, Swashbuckle, baby,
0: swashbuckle. Oh, he's gonna swash and he gonna buckle. Mm-hmm. That's uh he's and then he's gonna unbuckle a couple times. He's he's gonna unbuckle a couple times. Yeah, uh, we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> um so, uh, back in the mines, we find Bashir secretly talking to O'Brien, and he says, "Hey, we're best friends yeah, on my side of the wormhole," uh, and I don't think we'd really established that yet. Um, but the lighting in the scene is amazing. So good, like that—that that <clears throat> red light beam through his head there. I—I I thought that was the coolest it's, lighting.
1: It's very uh, Night Rider.
0: It's very Night Rider. It's very. Um, Blade Runner. Uh Blade Runner. Yeah. Um but it's it's great and a challenge from a setup to yeah. get his face lit while backlit by that red. Looks great. Love it. Very cool. Um lighting on the show continues to be a plus. fantastic. So he asks O'Brien for help getting back to the transporter. And O'Brien tells him to go away. Then Odo shows up and tells O'Brien that Cisco wants him in the bar. Mirror Cisco. So in the bar, so you can see some of that swashing and some of that buckling there. Uh this we is find if, out, what if
1: Avery Brooks fronted an eighties cover band? Uh-huh,
0: but like guar. <laughs> it's eighties metal cover band. Eighties metal, yes, exactly. With like like chunk or or uh not chunk, uh, from from the Goonies. Hey, you hot, guys. Hot, hot,
1: hot. Sticky sweet from my head, 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 to my feet.
0: Yeah. That sounds sounds great. Album's available now. Uh some sisco on me.
1: Come on by me. Yeah. Alright,
0: sorry. My apologies. Somebody pull that out and save it. <laughs> <laughs> So we find out that Cisco, even though he's a Terran, meaning human, uh, he has command of a ship because Mira Kira, Mira, Kira, oh Jesus, Mira Kira Mira. finds him amusing and he serves as a pirate for her.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Mira O'Brien shows up and bullies Mira O'Brien. Long John Silver, you know what I'm saying? Long. Uh huh. Mm hmm. So uh, and and Mirror Cisco bullies Mirror O'Brien and tells him to fix his ship. Then Mirror Kira summons Cisco to her quarters, and he does not look happy about it. Bam Bam Bigelow, Bam Bam Bigelow is there. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So we then uh, arrive in Act Three. Our Kira arrives in Mirror Kira's quarters, being bathed in milk bath in a in a milk bath, all naked. I can't even talk. It's like, oh god, the twelve year old in me is going. Ah! Cisco is eating a popsicle. He, uh, I think it's a feather. Uh, um, He's licking a feather. Yeah, or a shard of glass of some sort. No, it's it definitely not a feather. Like it's like Lionel's sword from Oh, a, oh, it's no, a... Uh, it's a dagger. Yes, it's a Klingon dagger. Okay, well, whatever it is. Uh, so, uh, we see, also see her boy toy, Cisco is there with a couple of Vulcan servants. Cisco wants to leave, and she asks, did I hurt your feelings? He responds, I never had any to hurt, Intendant. It's pretty bleak. Uh, and I, and I think in this, um, you know, and we're, and we sort of see it throughout the episode, I actually find the, um, the seriousness that he plays, his um, being essentially, ser- you know, being used as a sex slave, he's, mm-hmm. tre- he's it's like a serious thing, and and I I really like that they gave that weight, even though it's like oh how, you know, but it's but she's a hot lady how could she possibly you know assault you well yeah she sure as hell can and it does have real you know emotional consequences for him well he makes it clear yeah he
1: makes it clear that it's not like that's a fringe benefit it's what he's and he's doing it so that his crew can have a better situation than what
0: they'd have otherwise so it's yeah he's he's in sexual servitude which is not played for yucks and played with the seriousness that it is and i i and I, i love the fact that even though the you know, sort of reverse gendered, they still treat it seriously and he treats it seriously. And I think that that, uh, that's sort of ahead of its time. And uh, I think just, I, I, I appreciate that as somebody who takes that seriously. Um, Mirror Kira asks what our Kira was doing, looking for a transporter. She says that they've all been redesigned to prevent another crossover. So no luck. She's sad that our Kira doesn't trust her and she wants her love. Garrick then shows up with Quark, who's been tortured. Mirror Kira acknowledges his empathy for the Terrans uh, that he was trying to help, then sentences him to death. Then she announces, I'm throwing a party, and gives Kira a dress. Uh, When our Kira shows up, uh, She finds in her quarters, she finds Garrick there who says she's never going to let you go because she's in love with you. Because she trusts our Kira like she trusts herself. Um, And so a couple of things here. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of uh, hints towards intended Kira's bisexuality. Right. Which... uh, I've I, I mixed feelings about, right? Because I'm like, oh, that's, you know, it's great. I love the, um, so, you know, some representation there. I love that, but I'm also a little bit uncomfortable that like, you know, there's that trope of any, like bisexual means a little bit evil. And I don't like oh. that trope. Okay. But I liked, uh, which was like, ooh. So I, I, I have mixed feelings about all of that, but it's clearly for, there. For what it's Go worth, ahead.
1: I read that not at all. I read only that she's so megalomaniacal and self-centered that of course she would love herself i didn't Mm -hmm. read it sexually i didn't read it as even really like romantically i just read it as like who would if if you have everything you could ever want what would you be obsessed with oh and you're that selfish and self-centered well a a clone of yourself that would be the best the best buddy best toy i
0: I would definitely want to make some alterations to my clone
1: yeah well (laughs) not if you thought you were perfect keith Clearly, we're not uh, we're we're not evil versions of ourselves. You know, for people
0: perfect. who who put their faces on the internet for about four hours a week, uh, yeah. it's amazing we don't find ourselves perfect. Yeah. Anyway, I,
1: I'm waiting for the 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 podcast that was that's just a two psychologists talking about all of our content. <laughs> it's sort of like JD's video of our video. Uh huh. Yeah. But, yeah. Exactly. But but, <laughs> but more analytical. It's just two
0: people <laughs> like I'm very concerned uh, and uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh so Garrick here tries to make a deal. Take Mirakira's place after I kill her, and I'll let you go in a couple of weeks. Then Garrick will be in charge. But if she says no, I'm gonna kill Bashir. So um that you you clocked that that plan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um interesting. It's a good one. So in Act 4. Kira goes back to the mines to talk to Bashir. They have got to GTFO. They need to get back through to the runabout and go back through the wormhole. That's how they figure they can get back. Kira, Kira goes up to Mirror. Miracisco. That's, that's,
1: that's the plan to get home. Okay, we thought it was going to have to be like a really specific transporter meetup. Mike thought from the beginning, okay, we have to get a transporter and go in the transporter while we're in the wormhole. That's what I thought. But it turns mm. out they've changed all the transporters. So let's let's just go back to way we came. <laughs>
0: that's the that's the big Well, I I think the 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 I think the 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 motivation there is we need to get out. We're like about to die. Hopefully, maybe it'll work if we just do the opposite, but Whoa! more importantly, we just need to get out. Ooh. Ooh, welcome to just me. No. no! <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Stop pressing Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh yeah so i, I think it literally is just like we need to get out and hopefully it'll work if we go backwards so kira goes up to mirror cisco and asks him for help getting her runabout back he implies that major kira will cut off his little band if she catches him helping her kira tries to convince cisco to fight and he says i'm not your hero and she says, yes, you charmed yourself out of the mines, but you and I both know you're no less of a victim than anyone else here, as he's clearly being used as a sex slave. Later, Arkira shows up at the party wearing a very slinky dress. We get a casual reference to Lursa and Betor from a Klingon who almost gets in a fight with one of Sisko's men. Mike, do you remember who Lursa and Bator are?
1: Yeah, they were those, like... Uh- can I
0: say those hotties? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, he, <laughs> I, now I know why it was memorable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not going to make the memorable joke. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm better than that. Uh, so, uh, but then the Klingon gets in a fight with one of Cisco's men. Then Mirror Kira shows up wearing the identical dress to our Kira. So then we head back to the mines, and Odo taunts Bashir before something blows up in the mines, and Bashir uses this as an up. Op- oh yeah, there's there's the one eyed guy. Getting oh off. wait he's he's got the uh, he's he's got the penis whistle. Go back. Oh yeah, it's the dick whistle. Dick whistle. Yes. Find the button.
1: Oh, I I I had to clear all the sound pads oh. to, to Keith's dismay. The only one I could keep though was
0: um keep playing it maybe it'll be funny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ay, oh where the hell was i okay so we we're in the mines and bashir uses the an explosion as an opportunity to attack the guard and here we go. Here's where it gets crazy. He takes a phaser out of the guard and shoots Mirror Odo, who blows the heck up. The practical goo effects. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So they built a wax Odo and blew it up, That's which, cool. is, yeah. which is how they did it. Which, you know, old school, uh, you know, wax dummy stuff. It's really cool and very effective and so much better that it was practical. Than if they yes, just did 100%. that digitally at that point. Um, but certainly a like oh wow. So at this Even point it had a good sound
1: effect. It sounded like a watermelon, like a Gallagher sketch. It was like
0: <laughs> Wow. Casual racism and homophobia. <laughs> was he a was he a bad guy? Oh my god, Gallagher? what is a yeah, I was a monster. Man, I can't keep up with any of this. No, well, you know, that was like from the eighties, but whatever. Uh <laughs> my dad loved Gallagher <laughs> Well, that explains it. R.I.P. <laughs> Misogyny! Take that, vegetable! <laughs> uh, okay. Where, oh, Jesus. Where are we? But anyway, so at this point... I love that we're, we're yeah. dropping
1: hot topical references like Gallagher, the comedian. <laughs> like Gallagher.
0: <laughs> uh, rest in pieces. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So at this point, which is kind of which is really fun what you can do in a mirror episode two of our main characters are dead yeah dude quark is dead and odo is dead yeah and odo was great they were
1: uh not odo uh quark was a great one because he was that was a great red herring i thought because he really thought he was going to be integral to the the acquisition of the transporter
0: and the mirror versions of everybody being the the evil versions but But quark Quark is altruistic yeah like, which is hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> so So uh, Act 5 begins with Bashir on the run as alarms ring. He climbs through the Jefferies tubes before running into Mirror O'Brien. He's afraid to help, but he eventually tells Bashir where the runabout is being stored. He asks to come along, and Bashir agrees. Sure, I'll take you. Sure, man. They uh, they pranced through the hallways before being caught by some Klingons and brought to the Intendant. Uh, folks, if you actually have that, uh, access to the episode, watch their running in this scene. They're like high knee hopping. Yeah, it's like really literally funny. prancing because obviously what what happened there is that the hallway that they're in is super, super short. Yeah, exactly. So they had to take up time and look like they were running fast. But they had only, like, six feet to go, so they sort of, like, prance. It's really, really funny. Uh, anyway, Intendant Kira is distraught over the death of Odo. She regrets treating the Terrans gently. And she points out he's one of one on this side of the universe, too. Uh, so he was special. She Intendant Kira sets Mirror Garrick to the task of publicly torturing him to death. So, uh, you know, dark. Mirror Kira then asks O'Brien what he was thinking. And he monologues about the hope he was given. That somewhere, somehow, things are better than this. Then Mirror, Mirror Sisko takes Garrick's phaser. And they all escape together. Sisko and his people are going to stay in their universe and try to start some sort of resistance. So uh, they escape out of the mirror verse. Apparently, shooting that closes the door. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Video they game. Get
1: style.
0: out. Yep. <laughs> totally. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're going to try to start a resistance. So our Kira and our Bashir head out for the world. Which I thought was like,
1: I, I thought that that was all paced well and it all the pieces fit. I thought that it made sense that he would come to his, rec- that he would find his hero dumb and like start the resistance. That that, yep. that all makes sense to me. But then it's this, it's this final little outro that really upsets me. Because okay. it's like, well, I don't mind techno babble, but when it's the whole conceit of how do we get there and how do we get home and it's just like, Oh, we've got to go through the thing and the bleep, bloop, blop, the bloop, bloop, bleep, bloop. And then we're home. Really?
0: No. Well, I mean, uh, I I don't I don't think it was necessary. They were hoping it was going to work. But from their perspective, the people chasing them did not know the wormhole existed. So if they could get to the Gamma Quadrant, they'd be safe. Yeah. From all those people. Uh, okay. So going yeah, through the wormhole fair. makes a great deal of sense. Okay. Uh, so uh And then anyway, they find so- like
1: a leak of a leak leak, leakity leak leak.
0: Yeah, they. Yeah, they. Well, the, some the thing, the technobabble thing that was going wrong, they don't fix, hoping it will replicate the thing happening again. So yeah. you know, some. So some,
1: basically, find the gas leak. The only, the the only. Do so I have reverb? No, I took it off. The only way to get home, Keith, we must travel mm-hmm. through the fart.
0: Travel through the fart. We must not let the fart dissipate. We must brave our way through the cloud, and uh, get back to our universe. So. uh they head out for the wormhole, but the Klingon cruiser starts firing at them. But uh, luckily, they get to the wormhole in time. Which, uh, your, your, your problem with this scene is that. My problem with this scene is this. So, uh, the station is in orbit of Bajor. We know that the wormhole is hours away from Bajor. And they had, remember when they moved the station from orbit of Bajor to the wormhole and traveling back and forth to Bajor, it takes hours. And they just kind of just, boom. Apparently in this universe, it takes 10 seconds of being chased by Klingons in order to get to the wormhole. So, you know, you could solve that by like, they, they go to warp briefly, which is super dangerous within a solar system, but like you could conceptually do that, but they don't. Anyway, we just kind of forget about that. Never mind. So we are back in our universe and our heroes on Ops see the shuttle come back to the wormhole. When asked where they've been, Kira says, through the looking glass. And uh, apparently she doesn't know human music well or anything about Kirk, but she is pretty well read in human literature. I thought it was cheese ball, but I'll allow it. it- it would have made much more sense had Bashir said it. Because when would she have read Alice in Wonderland? Mm-hmm. She didn't even know who Kirk is. Alright, so uh let us. Now we are back in our universe, do a little vocab quiz. And now it's time for Mike and Deglio's Star Trek Vocabulary Quiz. Alright, Mike, what is or what was the Terran Empire? The Terran Empire was like
1: the humans, right? That was us. And then like some switchy switches happened and uh, good, bad, but then good Spock led us into being weak, even though he was
0: trying to do the right thing. And we became slaves, Keith. Yes, indeed. And uh, this one's easy. Mike, what's the mirror universe?
1: Oh, Keith, it's the other place where my jokes are funny.
0: (laughs) That worked. (laughs) Yeah, that, that. Mm hmm. Okay, there it is. Let's come along home. All right. Uh, here we are back at our quarks, our evil quarks. And uh, we're back on the right side of things. Oh, I'm so happy to be yeah, back in our feels universe. Right. Feels so right. Uh, and uh, you know, we've already sort of begun the discussion. Mike, did you find any wormholes? In the yeah, the one that bothered water. me was the
1: like it's it's like having a prison prison break movie. Right? It's like watching Shawshank, right? Mm-hmm. And they 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 poke the hole through the little. I don't want to give too much... Spoilers for Shawshank Redemption, the greatest movie. You mm-hmm. should have seen it by now. They poke the hole and it comes through and he rips the poster off the wall and he has that, that scene where you're looking through the tunnel and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see all oh, the big scene where they explain how he got out. But then like, they just cut to him walking into the bank and you're like, wait, what? That's what I felt they sh- like. They show it. Yeah, they totally, but, yeah, but they they don't, totally show thinking, him. But he's crawling like, through the walls. He's cutting the hole in the I pipe. Know, I know, I'm saying... What if they didn't? That's what this
0: felt oh, like. Oh, oh, oh my I was going to say, did you just come at Shawshank? But you
1: never watched it, Mike? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh
0: jeez. Um,
1: yeah. I just felt like they. I wanted.
0: I wanted more. Technobabble explanation as to how? Yeah, they...
1: or like yeah. It's not just like they just they took the the. the you would think that would be the easier route than then do a whole chase chase sequence, but whatever. I I just felt like it. How the transporter accident happened. I was interested, especially having never seen it before. So I, I thought that we would have to discover how, uh, Kirk got out before and tie back to that episode even more, but instead it's, we kind of abandoned. So that was my big one. And I know yours was the Bajor. Yeah. Travel.
0: Yeah. It was the, was the distance between the wormhole and Bajor. I I, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really about that and never was. And, you know, they didn't really explain it in the original, Mere thing it's just like, oh, something went weird. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so the the logic of just doing the same thing you did again to get back, eh, you know, it it's convenient, right? Because we're, you know, obviously we don't want to spend 10 minutes on figuring out how to get home because we're trying to deal with all these political machinations. Um though there are some uh theories, though, as to why was the wormhole involved in this? thinking uh, that perhaps it involved the prophets. That maybe they wanted the universes to communicate with each other. Mm. So perhaps there was some divine intervention here happening. So, okay. um, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's not something that's really touched on, but it's an interesting theory. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see why that might happen. I also Uh, felt
1: like it was unnecessary to have the scene. I mean, like, yes, I guess you needed to see them. You needed confirmation that they had made it back home. But like the very trite scene of just like the crew at home being like, we've been looking for you. Where have you been? Just to button it up with like the cheesiest line of all cheese. Yeah,
0: we didn't need that. Yeah. No, we needed to show that we got all you needed to do is. All right. So if I if if I were rewriting it right, I would have had the attack be much more. You know, uh, you know, on the on the runabout, much more damaging. Mm-hmm. They've lost power. There's smoke and fire everywhere, and so the last thing we see is them sort of sort of crash out of the wormhole, and we just look up through the window and we see the station.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Because that that's all we would need.
1: Yeah, the ending was just like, but okay, cool.
0: That's not what but this. None, is. That's
1: not what this segment's about.
0: No, it's not. But you know what? The, our next segment's about. It's our favorite moment. Yes.
1: Oh there's some good Let's, ones. Um yeah. My two favorite were I think the the dialogue Kira has with Ben is really good because it gives a lot of insight into Bizarro Ben but also how Bizarro Ben how how there is a connection between the character between the the, the, the mirror v- versions and yeah. how and even with 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 O'Brien too. So I loved that dialogue. But like I, I mentioned in the beginning, just to kind of full circle it, I really loved that first scene between the two Kiras. Uh, I mm-hmm. loved that they were both playing off one another, but also conspiring against one another. Even though Mirakira was a little bit more. Uh, taken by Arakira, and how Arakira attempted to to manipulate that as the episode went along. So I, I really think that was the scene and it's it just shows once again Nana Visitor like what she can do. Na nah. Na 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 Mike screwed up who's surprised no one. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got left on the board. Um <laughs> So I, uh, she's just excellent, even when she's doing a scene with herself, which I can only imagine is really difficult. So, yeah, uh, I, I just think I'm going to pick that as my my favorite moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, you, I think you're drawing the parallel between what Mirror Ben is going through and what Kira went through. I think is is really is really good, and also partly why it's great to have Kira have this be a Kira centric episode because Kira has actually been through what all of the Terrans in the mirror universe are existing in right. Mm -hmm. Being occupied, being subjugated, trying to resist against this unstoppable force. So in a lot of ways she fits in to that universe pretty well. And so, you know, with the tables turned, right. But she's, she's able to like, yeah, I'm right here with you. I've been you. I've been you on this station, Mm -hmm. like literally in this place. And I think that that's interesting. Um, yeah, and I and I agree that to have those to have that first scene with the two Kira's who are not dumbed down, they're smartened up, and I think that that's just good writing, and it's it's great for the character. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, and I I think for me, moment, I'm just going to stretch the definition of moment. It's going to be uh, Nana Visitor's performance throughout this whole thing. Um, her intendant. Kira and she actually says in the in the book like that's much closer to my own personality. <laughs> that's much closer to like who I am. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's really cool to allow her to have as much fun as she does with this character but the you know the, the incredible diffi- incredibly difficult job she has playing both sides in that scene. So because not only do you have you're playing against nothing Right. So the way they shot it is they they recorded half of the scene and then they played it back for her to play the other half too. But she's not looking at anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, she's not talking to anybody. Um, there's also a whole mess of technical restrictions, right? Okay, so so play this incredibly complex layered. Look two at this characters, piece of
1: tape on the chair, which is where your head will
0: looking be looking at a piece of tape, but you cannot move your face two inches forward. Because then you're going to mess with the composite. You can't move to, like, you must, like, you are locked in even more than you are normally. Mm -hmm. So you're getting half of a 3 by 4 little screen there. And then, you know, some of the technical elements that they did, you know, when she touched the other face, you know, so they had to composite The two faces there and then somebody else's arm coming up to touch her, you know, from the other side of the frame. So there's just so much tactical stuff that she had to deal with while giving this layered performance. Um, That's my favorite moment. Mike, let's hand out some stem bolts. Yeah. So.
1: I apologize. I just watched this today, so I, I haven't really formulated a whole bit, a whole bunch, but I'll say this a couple a couple of things. One thing that I love that this series is doing, you know, in see, in season one, sometimes when they like, no, I don't even call it a bottle episode, when they wanted to do like a, a break the mold and have a more fun kind of episode, uh, quirky, if you will, or just give people the chance to do something different. What did we get? We got the the Rumpelstiltskin thing, where like the people right. came to life, or uh, or or a really small. Emotional, tiny story, bottle or weird dramatis
0: personae, where <laughs> yeah. they've been acted weird for no reason.
1: But here, they're like, wait, maybe we can do something and let the cast have a little more fun, but also expand the lore, also and have something to say, also expand the universe. Like they're starting to tell stories, even in Star the TNG that I've watched or some of the movies, they're really contained stories, and I can I can now see them. I mean, I also you know, there's been foreshadowing from you and some of our viewers, but. I can see them expanding the scope and yeah. the overall picture, and it's, and they're they're doing a lot of world building, which is generally something I felt stronger in the Star Wars universe because it was mm. this epic galactic story. And now Deep Space Nine seems to be, be to be you know connecting their old lore to now, and we have bits and pieces of like how there's all these political struggles and how. Uh, you know, like for all I know, this could tie back together. Maybe the, the parallel universe comes through again. The wormhole opens up so many doors, um, and also we've dropped, you know, the Dominion. We've dropped. There's a lot, right? There's a lot, and and th- it's exciting and it's it's cool. Also, to see all of our characters get to choose scenery a little bit here, swashbuckle a little bit, but also explore in a way other parts of their psyche and our side that we haven't quite dealt with, right? And see how they would struggle, how they would deal in these. O'Brien, I thought was a fascinating study because he isn't much different; he's just in a different circumstance, uh, which I thought was cool. And 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 anyway, so I I loved that. I loved that no one just went wild and crazy with it. There was they were still grounded performances, though. uh, Flipped. Uh, My only real complaints, aside from just kind of like missing some of the detail, which you mentioned, was not really what it was about. Uh, it was really just that I thought the ending was kind of clunky and, and felt like everything was paced really well up until, and for a while I actually thought it was going to be a two-parter because mm. before the kind of like the explosion in the mine and that led to the whole third or final sequence, I thought we, oh, there's enough here. There's enough setup for a whole di- another episode, but we kind of felt truncated like the pacing kind of mm-hmm. shortened up at the end. But you know, sometimes we get really great dramatic episodes, Sometimes we get really important setup episodes, and sometimes we just get a really cool episode. That's what this one lands for me. It's really cool. The way they flipped everything, the way they reset the whole, all the sets, the way they lit it, the way they costumed it, it was just oozing cool. Which, to be honest with you, isn't normally a Star Trek thing for me. Even in what we've watched, it hasn't been super cool. And this felt cool, like it was slick. So I gotta give it a high rating. I really enjoyed it. I'm giving it 86 self sealing stem
0: Ooh, bolts. Ooh, 86. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think you're 100 percent right about it. Sort of being truncated at the end, and it's it, it's they r- ran out of runway a little bit, and they just had to like, all right, let's get home, right? Yeah, come um, along home. Yeah, come along home. Yeah, and I, you know, I I, I agree with that criticism. I agree with the the end being. Kind of, you know, kind of like, ugh, not as good as the rest of it. But um, I really like this this episode um, for a couple of reasons. One, like you said, it's just fun, mm-hmm. right? It's really fun to go to an alternate, like alternate universe stuff is always fun. It's always interesting. Um, I love the changes in the set and the characterization and the mood and the settings and and this the ability to play with bigger movements than you can get away with. On a regular show, I mean, we we killed off two of our main characters, right? Yeah, right. Um, which you know you you, you can't really do on your, in the prime universe because you might need them next week, right? Um, so you can you can really have some sort of shocking moments and have higher stakes, and that's that's really fun. Um, and I also love zooming back into sort of the 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 big idea, the the meta concepts of this, which don't really get explored that far um but certainly flipping the script and having the you know the in the original series the Terran Empire they were the scary bad guys and now that's completely flipped and now the Terrans you know and and why it got flipped that's fascinating to me it's fascinating to me from a production standpoint from a writing standpoint going in that direction but it's also just a fascinating idea right and it's 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 really it's really cool and i also think that this episode you know again it's not really delved into but there's a really interesting question we get into it's a nature nurture story right all of these other versions of our characters you know are they different or are they biologically the same and their their environment has turned them into these people and and you know it's classic sci-fi nature nurture lights. it's it's standard stuff but it's really interesting to see and to ask that question you know the evil versions of these people is it just because they're in that environment don't know yeah um but it's an interesting thing to uh to open up and uh and to start asking questions about so i think uh nana visitor does an amazing job in this really fun Intendant kira is what a fun character to play with um There, uh, you know, uh, Mike. There, there were two action figures made from this, from this episode. So, uh, keep that. Eh, Think about that. That's cool. So, um, yeah. So, and and we might venture back. Okay. So, uh, I'd be disappointed if we
1: didn't. I'll say that.
0: Yeah. Uh. So, uh, lots of fun stuff yet to come but it's i think it does a great job at establishing that world um that we can you know possibly play with in some more so for me uh you get 83 self-sealing stem bolts i find it enjoyable i don't think it's one of like the great classics of the series but it's really fun and it sets up that world um you know and it does so in a way that doesn't become overpowering of the series like it does on discovery um we spend way too much time in that universe mm. on discovery. I don't know why they're obsessed with it. It's a, it's a, it's a strong seasoning. One, one per season. We don't need to spend six episodes there. I All feel right. like that anyway. was
1: time. Like the, the seasoning to like, I, it's too much time. And I'm like, nah, no, What time travel you mean? No, 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 no. Like actual seasoning. Oh, time. Yeah. Like Rosemary sage. Yeah. It's like okay.
0: too much. And you're like, nah, this was supposed
1: to be a sousan. And you gave uh-huh. me a barrel full.
0: Okay, do not give Mike a barrel full of time, but you can give him a barrel full of support at patreon.com/kandm. You can join these heroes and get more bonus nonsense. Uh, If you're here and you haven't already, please give us a like and a a subscribe. It very much helps us here on the YouTubes. If you're listening to the audio-only podcast version, and I know there's some of you out there, you can help us out by leaving a rating and review on whatever podcasting service you have. Tell a friend. Uh, We really love doing this. We would love to have more and more of our new friends And you know what I'm going to do? Just speaking of time travel, Keith, and just to bolster our spirits,
1: welcome to... New subscriber, Margo, who is just on Emissary Part 2 on YouTube, so just starting the journey. Wow. Says, super fun introductory episodes. I I finished DS9 myself a couple weeks ago, also my first Trek, so I'm excited to listen to another's thoughts on the same experience. So, welcome, Margo. Welcome,
0: Margo. Fantastic.
1: (laughs) Six months from now when you see this. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Or... Never, Never because like <laughs> episode four, like enough of those non yeah. that those guys are are idiots. So uh anyway, so <laughs> if you enjoy our nonsense, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh this one we'll be talking about the collaborator. Ooh. We will be back check out other shows, KM Geekly, and look at my Star Trek Toys. We'll see you later. Thanks for watching. Till then, this has been Go Birds! Thank you for watching K&M Entertainment. If you enjoyed our particular brand of nonsense, please like and subscribe. Or become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash